like to welcome all of you as we gather together this day across time and space and place. It is good as always for us to be together and as always we give thanks to God for the gifts of technology that allow us to connect and worship together in this way. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, creator of darkness and light, word of truth, wind sweeping over the waters. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. God, our rock and refuge, we pour out our hearts before you. We have known you but have not always loved you. We have wounded one another and sinned against you. We have not always recognized the Holy Spirit dwelling in each of us. Remember your covenant. Renew your creation. Restore us, that we might proclaim your good news to all. Amen. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. God has spoken. The time of grace is now. In Jesus, the reign of God has come near. By the authority of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are God's beloved. Amen. Let us pray. Everlasting God, you give strength to the weak and power to the faint. Make us agents of your healing and wholeness that your good news may be made known to the ends of creation through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading comes from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens like a curtain and spread them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when the Lord blows upon them, and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see, who created these? The one who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because the Lord is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The Lord does not faint or grow weary. God's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is the Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. 
And Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed, and Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to Jesus, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout the Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny or not, but I do think it's kind of funny. At the end of our reading, Simon and the other disciples find Jesus and say to him, Hey, everybody's wondering where you went. Let's go back. And Jesus' response is, "Mm, Actually, I'm going to go to the next town. And while I may find this a little bit funny, it can also feel a little unsettling. We talk many times about how Jesus comes to us, how Jesus finds us, and how Jesus is always reaching out to us. This is, after all, part of the huge significance of the Incarnation, that God in the person of Jesus Christ came close to us humans. But here, we have people desiring Jesus to come close to them, and he moves on to the next town seemingly without saying goodbye. At least that's what we see happening if we only focus on the end of our text for today. In looking at the beginning, we see that Jesus leaves after he healed Simon's mother-in-law and after he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Jesus is leaving after having ministered to the town and the people are looking for him, presumably because they want to keep that healing power of God through Jesus to themselves. And it's hard to blame people for that. In a time where fevers and illnesses of any kind were common and very deadly, who wouldn't want to keep around somebody who could cure those things with apparent ease? It's logical. It's practical. It misses the point of what Jesus did. When Jesus healed people or cast out demons, the folks who were healed or who had the demons removed did not all of a sudden get a magical lifetime immunity from bad things Jesus shield. They still stubbed their toes. They still knew hardship and heartache, and they still even died one day. So what then is healing and exorcism all about? It's about restoration back to community and to life-giving relationships. It's about demonstrating God's care and concern for the oppressed, and it's about transformation by the grace of God. And that kind of stuff cannot be contained. It's not just for one town, but for all of the towns for the whole world, for you and for me. And we too can get caught up from time to time in wanting Jesus just for ourselves. I want Jesus to make my problems go away. I want Jesus to make my life easy. I want Jesus to accommodate me and my plans for my life. But this makes the power of God too small. As Christians, we are never promised an easy life. In fact, we're usually promised challenges. We are challenged to resist the ways of the world and instead to follow the way of the cross. We are challenged to serve and to love people and places that the world says to hate or ignore. We are challenged to live into the tension of what it means that the gospel is for you, but it's not only for you. It is for everyone. The good news of Jesus Christ is not just for those who gather in churches on Sunday mornings. The good news of Jesus Christ is not just for one town. 
The good news of Jesus Christ is for all people, the whole world, all of creation without exception. And with or without us, the Holy Spirit is on the move, reconciling all people to God through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We do not have to do anything in order for this to happen, but God invites us to share in what God is doing in the world. Jesus has transformed us, forgiven us, and given us new life, and that very transformation sends us out into a world in need of the good news that we have each received. Jesus is not a magical genie or a precious jewel that we get to try and keep for ourselves. But at the same time, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection renew you each and every day. When Jesus left Capernaum, he didn't tell his disciples, Goodbye, see you later, I gotta go preach over in that town there. Jesus said, Let us go on. Jesus took them with him, and Jesus takes you with him. The gospel is for all, and it never excludes you. You are part of the body of Christ. You are a disciple of Jesus. You go forth from this place and share the love of Jesus with the world around you. Jesus died and rose for you. And this promise is our cornerstone and our sure foundation. And as we go into the neighboring towns, as we go to work and to school and to home and to all of the places that we go, nothing can take the promise of the gospel away from you or from anyone. Amen. Let us sing together the hymn, Praise the One Who Breaks the Darkness.
With the whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. You are God's beloved. Thanks be to God.